0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. If I was to say to you, in nomine patria et spiritus sancti, what would I be saying? The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you young people think he's just gone bonkers. He's just started, Amber, you just thought I just started speaking in tongues then, didn't you? That's Latin, that's Latin. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is our ancient understanding of the Godhead, the Trinity. I'm not going to dive into the theological, the Trinity will be here a long time. okay? But in the name of the Father, I think we all get the Father. We get that the idea of God as a Father, he's kind of like on the stage, a little bit beyond, a little bit out of reach, but we get what a Father is. And then of course, Jesus is when God, the Son, comes down to earth. And so we get that because then the Bible says he came And I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, all right? So just don't think. And he came amongst us and he dwelt amongst us and we saw him and we recognised him and he ate with us and he spoke to us and he travelled with us. And so we get the idea of the Father being a little bit out of reach, but then God the Son being the one that came close, like us. But then Jesus says these words, and you'll have to put them up on the screen because I can't see them otherwise. This Bible verse Thank you, John 16 verse seven from the message. So let me say it again, this truth, it's better for you that I leave, Jesus says. If I don't leave, the friend won't come, but if I go, I'll send him to you. So I can imagine, okay, that this is Matthew here, all right, and and Peter, okay, and Mary, and all of these, and they were saying, whoa, hang on a minute, you're saying, Jesus, it's better for us that you go. Are you joking? No 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 it is better for you that i go because if i go i can come back again and not just with you guys but with all of you and i can be with my church in ukraine and in russia and to the ends of the earth but if i stay here then i can only be here so i'm going to come again but as the spirit and that's what i want to talk about tonight who is the holy spirit and what does he do who is the holy spirit And what does he do? Because we don't get the chance very often these days to talk about this. And I want to just open it up with us tonight. Um, You see, I think Jesus is saying it's better to live in the era of the spirit than to live in the era when I was on the earth. That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. And he also said that all of these things that I do, you're going to do and you're going to do greater things. And that's not more important things. It's just that you're going to do more of them. Because the genius of Jesus is that Jesus, who spent three years with the disciples, that genius became transferable because those disciples then went and did exactly what Jesus did, and they went and changed the world. But they only did that because he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent himself in the form of the Holy Spirit. And and I want you to know the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a he. The Holy Spirit has a personality. He's not an it. He's a he. The Holy Spirit is not a force to be used by us. This is not Star Wars, okay? This is not and all of that. It's not that. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Some of the things he might do appear a little bit weird, but he is not weird. The Holy Spirit is not someone to be afraid of. The Bible says lots of words for for the Holy Spirit. One of them is paraclete, which is the one who comes alongside. And the kind of meaning of that is he's your helper. He's your advocate. He's your guide. He's your comforter. He's your co-pilot. He's your battle partner. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is literally to reveal Jesus within us and through us to our world. It's like all that Jesus is, comes into us through the Holy Spirit. And the idea then is the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus in us and through us to our world. And how does he do that? He does it by bringing the one key element that Jesus spoke about so much, and that's the element of life. John 10 verse 10, one of my favourite scriptures. I have come that you might have life and have it to the fore. My uh, wife, Alison, as you know, uh, used to, or well, well, did, train as a nurse. And um, she she, and my son and his wife are nurses as well. And so they love ER and Grey's Anatomy and all that kind of stuff. And they love that when the things come on, they're all, my wife's brilliant at diagnosing, honestly. I know there's doctors in the house, and she'd probably hate me for saying this. Honestly, she's brilliant. Like at the start of this, she said, yep, I got this, yep, got that, yep, got that. And she's nearly always right as well. But there is a diagnosis of something called FTT, which is literally this failure to thrive. FTT, failure to thrive. It's like languishing. It's like when, when you exist, but there's no life. And actually people say, and psychologists and, and um, uh, doctors are saying that actually one of the largest mental health problems right now is this FTT, this failure to thrive, this languishing. But the Holy Spirit has come that you and I could have life and life in all of its fullness. Amen. And even when life is tough and even when it's dark and even when it's difficult and even when we're entering from one crisis to the next crisis, Jesus has still come that you and I can have life. And in the Bible, there's some symbols of the Holy Spirit. And I know for some of you, you're newer into Christianity. And so this might be new for you. Some of you, you know this stuff, but maybe you've forgotten it. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will use this tonight just maybe to bring something fresh into your experience. And I want to just go quickly through five symbols of the Holy Spirit, okay? There's more than this, but these are the five key ones. Number one, fire. Fire. And fire brings passion. It's passion that makes life, life. It's passion that came on the the first disciples as they were locked in the upper room, you know, in that kind of lockdown. Do you know what I mean? In their bubble, as it were, using the language that we're all used to. But it was the Holy Spirit that came on them that changed them from timid, fearful people to people full of courage. It was the fire that brought passion. I don't know where you are with your spiritual experience right now. I know I've had lots of times when I've been on fire and passionate and lots of times when I've not been. And maybe people can't tell on the outside, but I know on the inside that there's no passion. You see, some of us are wood who have never been set on fire. One of my heroes is William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army that I was brought up in. And William Booth famously said this, he said this, I told the Lord he could have all there is of William Booth. In other words, he put himself as that wood on the fire. He said, here's something, here's someone that your fire can fall on. Maybe some of us are like that tonight. Maybe some of us are embers, the fire is a flicker and it's fading fast. Maybe some of us have put out the fire ourselves. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Because you can, you know. When you pour some stuff on it, you can pour it out. You can put it out. Or maybe some of us have had the fire put out by others. You know, wet blanket people. You know, maybe you've got people in your life and they've just sucked the life out of you and the passion is going to have you. The Holy Spirit is here tonight and he wants to bring passion, fire, But one of the other symbols is water. And water brings refreshing. And um, Jesus is one of the great Jewish feasts. And um, it's really dramatic. I won't go into it, otherwise we'll be here all night long. But it's really dramatic. And he pours out this big pitcher of water. And at that point, he says this. It says this in John 7. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So that's us, guys, that's us. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Remember, Jesus said, I've got to go so I can send him to you. I can send myself in the form of the spirit to you. Now, this is incredibly important scripture because passion without refreshing brings weariness. But weariness without passion Brings or refreshing, sorry, without passion brings selfishness. Let me say that again, I got that wrong. Passion without refreshing brings weariness. Refreshing without passion brings selfishness. And Jesus is inviting these religious people to come to him and to drink the living water, the spirit, so that on the inside, they'd have that refreshing from deep within. And when he used that word from deep within, okay, on the inside of you, it's the word that w- where we get the word colitis from, okay? It's on the belly. It basically, it's right inside of you, that sense of God's energy and God's life and God's refreshing. But I don't know about you, but in my Christian life, what I do if I feel like I'm dry is a try harder. <laughs> and trying harder never works, does it? Like it's really important to try and, and effort's important, but I'm never gonna get that spiritual vitality going by just trying harder. But the other thing that we do is we fake it, don't we? And if you've been around Pentecostal or charismatic churches, you'll know how to fake it. Fake it till you make it, but you don't because you just keep faking it. And so what we need to do instead is to do what Jesus invited these people to do. Come to him and drink. Amen? Maybe some of us tonight just need to come to him and drink. It's been so long since we felt those rivers of living water on the inside of us, right in our belly, that sense of God's presence, God's life, and God's refreshing. You know, any time you see life flourishing It's always receiving nourishment from beyond itself. Isn't that true? And when we as Christians are flourishing, it's because we're receiving life beyond ourselves. And for some of you, you know this, but maybe you know this past tense, that you've had experiences with the Holy Spirit. You've had experiences with God like this, but maybe it's been so long ago that you're living on the memories rather than on the experience. And I think Jesus, is the invitation to come to him and drink is not a one-off, it's a daily invitation to come to him and drink. Fire brings passion, water brings refreshing. But the third symbol or third picture is wind or breath, it's interchangeable, ruach in the Hebrew. And it's an interchangeable term, wind and breath, and I think this brings life, it brings energy. And I want two pictures for you. One is a picture of a, of a boat um, with the sails up, you know, like the old sailboat. Kind of, I love Vikings. I love the, anyone love the Vikings series? Is that just me? That's too violent for this, isn't it? Ignore that, totally off the script. But the, when those sails go up and, those, and the wind catches the sails, just amazing. The other picture is a boat where everyone's rowing hard. They both get to the destination, but the one, they're all shattered, aren't they? And so often, you and I as Christians, we're more like the rowing boat than the sailboat. We've still got to do something in the sailboat. You've still got to put some effort in. You've got to put up your sails. But it's the wind that creates the energy and the life. And maybe some of us need an encounter with the Holy Spirit to bring that wind and that breath again, that God speaks about. And in the Old Testament, there's that great picture in Ezekiel 37, where the, the whole valley is full of dry bones and, and, um, and Ezekiel uh, in, in, engaged in, with God. And, and the question is, can these bones live? And he says, well, you know God, you're God. And then he says, well, you prophesy to them. And he prophesies that and, they, and the wind and the breath brings life into these bones and they stand a vast army, the Bible says. Why? Because they're full of the spirit of God. But I don't know about you, but with me and the whole breath thing, um, I had to have a a test this week. I won't go into all the details. I had to have a a, a medical test this week. And I had to lie in this machine and uh, you're all freaking out now, aren't you? I'm all right. Honestly, I'm all right. I hope I'm I'm all right. Um, And basically I had to breathe when they said breathe in and then breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. And you know that breathing in and out because there's oxygen and there's carbon dioxide, I need to get rid of the one. And I need to take the other one on board. Isn't that right? And spiritually, that's just the same. You and I are breathing in stuff all the time. But we also need to breathe out stuff. That toxic stuff. We need to let that go, don't we? So we breathe in and we wait, and we breathe out. And that cycle is, is not only in our physical bodies, it's a spiritual reality as well. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's who he wants to be in your life. He wants to help us to breathe out some of that toxic stuff so that we can breathe in the life-giving breath of God. And then number four, oil, oil, and oil brings healing. In the Bible, oil is often associated with kingship. It's associated with anointing, but it's also associated with healing. Uh, the Samaritan applied oil to the beaten up traveller on the road to Jericho, as we read in that story. And in Jeremiah eight twenty two, there's this lovely little question. Is there no balm in Gilead? Now again, that's really old language, okay? But balm basically means uh, like a kind of a, an application of oil, of healing. Okay, is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wounds of my people? Well, there is, isn't there? It's the oil of the Holy Spirit that not only comes to bring power and anointing, but also to bring healing and wholeness and wellness one of my favorite little bits in Psalm 23 is where it says you anoint my head with oil and when I was researching this years ago uh, an, an, an Israeli um, shepherd would have had a little flask of oil on their belt and the oil was for a variety of different reasons one they would anoint the head of the sheep uh, for lots of reasons one because they so were, were were careful and tender with the sheep that they didn't want the little flies that are around in the Middle East to irritate them in their eyes so they would anoint their head head with oil isn't that beautiful even the little irritants that get in your face and you know who they are (laughs) some of you are looking at each other there even those little irritants God's oil can take that away take the impact that away the other reason is that the sheep are quite stupid a little bit like us as well okay and they anoint their heads with oil so that when they bump heads there's no damage the heads just bounce off each other don't we need that as well love those pictures. But then the third reason why he had that anointing oil is that sometimes the sheep did get hurt and wounded and then they would come to the shepherd and the oil would bring healing. And when I look at the richness of that, I think, God, you are so amazing. You care about the little irritants that get in my face. You care about us, that we bump heads with each other. But if the Holy Spirit is there within us, if we're receiving the Holy Spirit, if we're moving in with the Holy Spirit, even when we clash heads, there's no damage. But then when we do get hurt and we do get damaged and we do get wounded, which we do, the invitation is to come to him, come to Jesus. Let him pour his Holy Spirit upon us. And then finally, wine. No amen there. A couple of you wanted to do it. I heard it. I could sense it. Wine brings joy. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is so, so important. It's no coincidence that the first recorded miracle of Jesus is turning water into wine. And it was at a party, and I love that. And and if you're newer to us as a church, we love that whole dynamic of who Jesus is. You know, so many Christians make it so formal, and I understand the formality. I'm not criticising that. But when you look at Jesus, his first miracle was at a party, and his first miracle was turning water into wine. And when you see Jesus with the kids that wanted to be around him and you see the joy and all of that in his life, that's the Jesus, I think, of the New Testament. And it's so, so important. But it's also when John, when the Apostle John writes about miracles and we're about to start on Sunday, a whole series that we've we've not done a series like this for years and we're calling it When Pigs Fly, okay? And we're looking at miracles and we're looking at the miracles of Jesus. We're gonna look at healing, deliverance, Protection and provision. It's going to be so good. Try and create, raise our expectancy as we move towards Easter. But you know, when John writes about miracles, he uses a different word that other people use, he talks about them as signs. They're signs beyond themselves. So there's something in themselves, but they're beyond themselves. So when Jesus turns water into wine, it's not just, woo, that's really cool. You're like Darren Brown. It's nothing like that. It's actually that it's a sign about something else. And Jesus is saying right from the get-go, right at the start of his ministry, the wine I give is better than anything you've ever tasted. And I love that. You see, regular wine gives some joy but it runs out. The rabbis used to have a phrase, without wine there is no joy. Some of you have that phrase and you need help, okay? But I'm just putting it out there, just putting it out there, okay? Without wine there is no joy is what the rabbis used to say. Jesus is saying, regular wine gives some joy, but it runs out, mine doesn't. Love that. Regular wine is never as good a vintage as mine. It promises, but it won't deliver. Regular wine is always old. Mine is always new, but it's still better than anything you can taste. And then regular wine controls you to become a creature. Okay, My wine empowers you to become who you were always created to be, which is why Paul says in Ephesians 5, don't get drunk on wine, because it controls you and leads to all kinds of stuff. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It's the same thing. It controls you and you become a creature. My wine will control you and you will become who you were created to be. So, I don't know about you, but I think we need to receive from the Holy Spirit. I want to ask the band if they come back. Oh, I didn't give you the warning there, did I? So See, they're all, they're all just woke up at the back and they're just like running down. Do you know what I mean? Dan just got out of his pajamas then. He just got his pajamas on in the back. So, why don't we stand together, guys? Why don't we stand? Let's just take a moment. Let's just, while they are running around the back, let's just take a moment. Oh, one of them's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's pray, let's pray. And let's just wait, let's just wait. Let's just breathe out for a bit. Why don't we try that? Maybe Put your hands out in front of you if you're comfortable to do that. If you're online as well, don't just tune out now. Guys, the Holy Spirit can touch you right where you are in your room right now. And I don't want to know what you need to breathe out tonight. Some of you have had interactions even today at home, at work, family, neighbours. Some of you like me, Me and Alison have watched the news a few times today and both sat there and wept. Maybe you need to breathe some of that out. Maybe some of that frustration, maybe some of that pain. And as you breathe out, you invite the Holy Spirit and you breathe in. Jesus, we breathe in from you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We welcome you here. Would you bring your fire Where we've grown cold and we need passion. Would you bring your water where we're dry and thirsty and we need refreshing. Would you bring your wind, your breath where it's all been hard work and effort and we haven't felt your energy for so long. Lord would you bring your oil. we bumped heads a few times, we've got a few bruises and a few scars and a few cuts and a few irritants and a few bites. Lord we need We need healing. We need some oil. And Lord, would you bring your wine? Would you bring some joy? Holy Spirit, would you come? We invite you. We invite you. Come and fill this place. Fill our lives. Holy Spirit. some of us here tonight and right now as we're praying you're thinking and you're thinking back to times when you encountered God and it's almost like there's also a little bit of regret and remorse it's almost like oh you haven't experienced God like that for so long and I just believe God wants to say blessed are those who hunger and thirst now for they should be filled they should be filled hunger and thirst now don't let's live on the experiences of yesterday as good as they were God is the God of now Holy Spirit, you are the God of now. We welcome, we invite you fill our hearts, fill our lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. And now we're going to worship. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit as we are doing to come and move and see what he wants to do tonight.